Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tim Cunningham Contemporary Jazz Radio Show. And now for your host, Tim Cunningham. Well, good evening. This is your host, Tim Cunningham, back for another episode of The Jazz Chat with Tim Cunningham on the CRS Radio Network. We are the Knowledge Station. We've got some good stuff for you this week, and uh, hopefully you'll like it. I want to thank uh, Bill Tapper once again for giving me the opportunity to uh, bring this show to you and bring you some nice, contemporary, and smooth jazz music. We are excited here at CRS. Uh, things are going very well. Got some other things coming up. Uh, Gospel Station. That was that's going to launch um, sometime in the very near future, and got some other things in the in the back burner as well. Um, again, my name is Tim Cunningham. The website is timcunningham.com. The Facebook page is Tim Cunningham Music. You can reach me at booktimcunningham at gmail.com. Kind of start us tune off. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm going to start the show off with a tune by yours truly, a tune called Just Groovin', and you are on the CRS radio network, The Jazz Chat, with Tim Cunningham. We are the Knowledge Station. Thank you. 
tune right there called Untouchable by yours truly, Tim Cunningham. And the guitar solo done uh, done there was by Mr. Daryl Crooks, who sadly we lost, I believe, in 2021 due to COVID. Uh, what a phenomenal guitar player. Um, that Daryl back in the 1990s out in California. Daryl was originally from Houston, Texas, and uh, played with many, many bands, Gap Band, um, several other major bands. Everybody in California knew Daryl. Um, he was always famous for passing out his business card. Uh, last time I saw him in person was in 2006. Um, I had spoken to him since then, but I spoke. I had him on a gig with me in 2006 in my return to the St. Lucia Jazz Festival. And um, just, wow, what a sad, sad situation to see him pass. I believe Daryl was roughly 65 or 66 years old. So, um, again, Daryl Crooks on that solo on the song entitled Untouchable. Um, here's another one from me. Uh, this is called Turning Point. And you're Tim Cunningham on the Jazz Chat, the Knowledge Station, CRS Radio. <laughs>
You are listening to CRS Radio, the knowledge station with Tim Cunningham on the Jazz Chat.
a turning point by Tim Cunningham, yours truly. You're listening to the Knowledge Station, PRS Radio. This is Tim Cunningham on the Jazz Chat. My first guest will be coming up next week, next Tuesday. Uh, We are on the air between 6 and 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 Central, and that's 4 to 6 on the West Coast. Very interesting guest. Um, Her name is Sophia Stewart. Sophia uh, has a book out that that was actually uh, released back in 2018. She is actually uh, the writer um, of some very uh, uh, huge movies, uh, The Matrix and The Terminator. Uh, She actually wrote... um, the material back in the early 80s, submitted it to some uh, film companies mm-hmm. and basically won a lawsuit against them um, for a quite a substantial amount of money. So I'll read, a, I'll, I'll read you just a little bit of the uh, description of the book. The book is called The Mother of the Matrix, The Sophia Stewart Story. Um, you can get it on Amazon, um, and it, it's, 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 uh, it reads like this. In this book, Anil Zulu uh, takes the reader behind the scenes of a case that will forever go down as one of the biggest thefts in film history. In the early 80s, Sophia Stewart wrote and, and copyrighted the original epic scene fiction book and script called The, the Third Eye Matrix. That body of work was later adapted to the screen as the Matrix and Terminator movie series and trilogy. These movies went on to win four Oscars, many awards, and billions of dollars, but the true author and creator was hidden from the masses until ABC broke the story on October 17, 2003. In her second case, in the Utah federal courts, Stewart won $3.5 billion. I didn't. No mistake there, $3.5 billion in liens and almost a half million dollars in attorney fees against the California defendants and her former lawyers on September 25th, 2014. Uh, these rulings by Federal Judge Evelyn J. Fuse, D. Benson, and the validations of the FBI and DOJ established Stewart as the creator and owner of The Matrix and Terminator movie franchises. That is huge. Um, lesson there. Um, people will steal your stuff. I don't care who they are. They will try to take your stuff. So, and of course, she did the right thing. She copyrighted everything. And um, they went ahead and used her stuff anyway. So, I'm sure a lot has been submitted to many film companies, record labels, and ideas have been stolen, and no one has ever followed up on it. But she fought the battle, and she won. So congratulations to her. Again, her name is Sophia Stewart. We're going to try to have her on the show next week. Uh, She's got a busy schedule. uh, had a few, got a few text messages back from her yesterday, 
So as of right now, she is scheduled to be here next Tuesday uh, at 6 o'clock. So get a chance to tune in and listen to what she has to say. But it's a very interesting story. Again, the book is called The Mother of the Matrix, the Sophia Stewart Story. Okay? And it's available on Amazon. Um. Wanted to just talk a little bit about um, uh, some of the things that that um, I find very interesting with with regard to contemporary jazz and smooth jazz music. Um, some people try to differentiate differentiate the two. They really are the same. It's, it's still contemporary. It's really. Smooth jazz is really considered contemporary jazz, just so that uh, everybody understands. It's just that when the smooth jazz, and I talked a little bit about this last week, when the smooth jazz um, genre was created, they actually threw in some vocals. So, and not that contemporary jazz doesn't have vocals. So let me let me kind of back up there. Both have vocals, but the difference I believe with smooth jazz, in my opinion. With smooth jazz was that they would throw in some pop vocals versus a jazz song. So contemporary jazz, you would hear, if you heard a vocalist, you would hear somebody like maybe George Benson singing uh, um, one of his um, vocal songs, Al Jarreau, um, Hattie Austin, James Ingram. Those kind of artists we consider as kind of um, contemporary jazz artists. Smooth jazz, you would hear, at least when it started, I'm not so so much so sure now because I, I haven't listened to a lot of it because it's hard to find uh, here. But I, I have listened to some on the on the internet, and you you hear. A pop song you would hear something by, you know, Sting or or Bette Midler, um, and that's that's what they were calling smooth jazz. And not that it was a, a jazz song, but it was it was actually a pop song. But the idea was to try to get listeners who were in the ra- on you know listening to the radio. And flipping through the stations, you know, hopefully they would land on maybe one of those vocal songs. And then a song or two later, you hear some instrumental stuff. And with the hope that the listener would kind of latch on and start listening to um, instrumental music. So trying to get people to become basically contemporary jazz listeners. And quite honestly, it was a—I thought it was pretty a pretty uh, brilliant idea, in that a lot of people don't give smooth jazz or contemporary jazz a chance. Um, so the, like I said, the idea was to try to try to bring them in another way by playing some other styles of music. So, um, very interesting concept that they had with with the format. And fortunately, it's still going on. Uh, you know, and, and unfortunately, a lot of the smooth jazz stations have 
left us. You know, we lost CD one on one in New York. We lost WNUA in uh Chicago, WJZZ in Detroit, um I mean stations. We only have, I believe, sixteen stations that are reporting to Billboard um anymore. And that's uh that's very unfortunate. Um uh, we like to keep the kids engaged um with the music. Um I, I remember back in uh, like around, I think like probably when I was in my mid twenties or thirties, when they started taking the instruments out of the school, you know, no longer could you. Because you know, I was a kid, we had instruments, so we didn't have to buy them. The school provided them, um, and right around the time, probably in the in the late seventies. Um, they still had instruments, but budgets started to fall for those instruments. And you had a lot of band directors, like my band director, Mr. Amel Island in Lansing, Michigan, were literally trying to repair old instruments because um, the school budgets were being cut. And then right around the early 80s, when President Reagan got into office, he took a ton of money out of the education budgets and um, started uh, um, ramping up money under the defense uh, of this country, uh, I should say defense um, budget. And unfortunately, there's just you know, a lot of kids who uh, couldn't afford instruments uh, just didn't get a chance to play. Um, at that point, you were left to pretty much leasing an instrument, you know, buying one a saxophone or whatever for 25 30 bucks a month. Not that it was that much money, but still. Um, and it, to be honest with you, it was a good option because, as you know, a lot of kids – Say they want to play something, and then all of a sudden, they could be they could lose interest within the week. Um, I see a lot of kids who have done that, um, but it was a good way to not have to purchase an instrument and not knowing that your you know son or daughter was going to stay with it, and then if they decided they didn't want to, then you could always just take the instrument back and just hey you you leased it for a while, you rented it, it served its first purpose, and you don't have to you know you didn't buy it and now you're now you're stuck with trying to sell it so um and i I believe kids are still parents I should say are still renting instruments today, so um but yeah. It, I remember back in the day when we, you know, we did. Unfortunately, I did. I, you know, when I first started playing saxophone, we had, we had instruments, and I played the tenor saxophone, and I took it home with me uh, every day. I was, I was uh, very interested. Within the first couple of weeks, I remember playing songs, and I was just very, very fortunate. Um, and one good thing about 
um, today with the music and the kids is that we have access to so much with the Internet. Kids can take lessons online. Um, you can go and find some really cheap instruments. Just go on eBay. You'll find people getting rid of instruments just because, you know, they don't need them anymore and they're selling them for really cheap. So the Internet has provided a, a, a wealth of information for, you know, kids and adults to get out there and play an instrument. So there's a lot of interest um, from that perspective. We've got uh, um, the Internet to depend on. So, but, again, smooth jazz, contemporary jazz, pretty much the same thing. It's just that uh, smooth jazz, like I said, was introducing vocals to attract people, whereas contemporary jazz, you know, is, it is what it is. It's more of a contemporary sound. It's got a backbeat. It's not, there's no, uh, you, 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 don't, you don't hear any um, swing beats in contemporary jazz. Um, the one station that I could say was a true contemporary jazz station that I listened to growing up was WJZZ. Um, they were not a smooth jazz station. They were just a straight-up contemporary jazz station. And sadly, we lost one of the um, DJs. Um, I believe it was earlier. No, I guess it was last. I guess it was last fall. Yeah, it, it was last fall or last summer that we lost her. Um, um, Doc Elliott was one of the DJs. He's still around. Uh, I'm trying to think of her name. Um, uh, it started with an R. But anyway, um, people in Detroit know who she is. She was, I got a chance to meet her. Uh, I think once or twice, and I talked to her on the phone probably about uh, 10 years ago, and she was still doing some stuff in the radio industry. I can't remember what she was doing. I'm sorry, her name was Rosetta Hines, and uh, she was still doing some stuff in the radio industry at the time, but she was, her and Doc were the two people that you remember from that station, and they did such an awesome job. Um, but, again, I think they were the the one true uh, contemporary jazz station. Uh, again, this is Tim Cunningham. Saxophone is Tim Cunningham. Website is timcunningham.com. Facebook is Tim Cunningham Music. And show coming up on May 6th at the Airport Hilton that is actually sold out. Um, Dwayne uh, um, did a great job in selling the tickets, and uh, it's, I, he, he said this is his 42nd sellout. So he has just, just done a phenomenal job. And his name is Dwayne Colon. He has a uh, organization called Voice to Mentors. He's trying to assist uh, uh, um, with uh, raising young black males in the city of St. Louis and just want to give him a huge shout out 
and uh, thank him for inviting us to this event. Um, I am going to be on the show uh, with the Coleman Hughes Project, which features Adrian Felton King. Um, that is, again, sold out May the 6th at the Airport Hilton in St. Louis. The following weekend, I'll be at La Belle Cour in St. Charles, Missouri, uh, down on uh, Main Street, right next to the Ameristar Casino. Uh, tickets are still available for that show. It's May 13th. It's an afternoon show. It starts at 2 p.m. The uh, tickets are $75, but it also includes a full meal and an open bar. So for a full meal and open bar, you that's hard to beat for 75 bucks and a concert. So you're going to get a, a, a plate of food that will probably normally cost you anywhere from uh, 40 to 50 bucks, possibly 35 bucks, maybe. Um, and then an open bar, which you, you buy three or four drinks and spend 20, 25, 30 bucks. And there's your pretty much your 75 bucks right there. So the concert is actually free. <laughs> And then there's a concert uh, from two to five with myself um, and my band. Uh, the doors open at one o'clock. The food will start promptly at one thirty, and then um, the show starts at two p.m. There will be two one-hour shows in between two and five. There will be a break there, one hour and fifteen minutes worth, roughly. There'll be a break in the middle, and then we'll finish up with the uh, last set. That's Mother's Day weekend, so if you don't have anything to do and trying to find something to do for that special lady, for the mom or wife or whoever, come on out. It's May 13th. Tickets available at timcunningham.com. You can purchase your tickets right there on your phone. Uh, there is a seating chart right there on the uh, on the website. Easy check-in, easy check-out. Um, and, again, that link is at the website. TimCunningham.com. Here's one from my latest CD. It is entitled Speak to Me. And you're listening to The Jazz Chat with Tim Cunningham on the CRS Radio Network. <laughs>
Autist, Reagan Whiteside. Here's one from Darren Stewart called I Can Love You Better here on the CRS Radio Network. This is Tim Cunningham. You're on the Jazz Chat. This is the Knowledge Station.
You are listening to CRS Radio, the Knowledge Station with Tim Cunningham on the Jazz Chat.
from my latest CD entitled Freedom. And I said the remix is going to be the first single that's going to drop next month all to all the radio stations across the country, smooth jazz and contemporary jazz radio stations across the country, 150 to be exact. And I want to thank Jason Goroff for doing the promotions on that. So uh, hopefully we will have some success and it would be so awesome to take that song number one. Um, you can call into the station. Want to talk about something or text me, 661-467-2407, 661-467-2407. One more time, 661-467-2407. And we can talk about whatever you'd like. Uh, interesting uh, subject would be saxophone players. Who do you think um, are some of the best saxophone players that you have ever heard? Be they um, straight ahead players like, or bebop players like Charlie Parker, which, you know, I looked up on the internet who was the best, considered to be the best saxophone player of all time, and it came out to be Charlie Parker. Um, uh, and Charlie was phenomenal, definitely considered the top saxophones of all time, just because of his, uh, number one, he created bebop. I mean, that was just phenomenal for somebody to just create their own genre. Um, and he became very, you know, efficient at it. He was a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Um, and, uh, he, and, uh, John Coltrane, uh, Dizzy Gillespie, big bebop players. And again, considered to be the top player, um, by most people. Um, and when you get to the contemporary style, of music, you know, Grover Washington definitely ranks up there as one of the top saxophone players of all time. Um, David Sanborn, um, Gerald Albright. I mean, there's there's lots to pick from, but and and of course it's all opinion. Uh, I, I think. Kenny G has to be considered one of the best of all time. I know some people try to say you know, they don't like him or for whatever reason because he's too much of a pop player. But Kenny's a Kenny's a great jazz player as well. Kenny can play play circles around a lot of people playing jazz. So um, phenomenal player, um, Kirk Whalum, and I'm giving you some of my favorites. Um, um, I like, and I tell you, I really like Michael Lincoln. I think Michael Lincoln is one of the better alto players. I just love his tone, his style. And that really what it comes down to is style. Um, it depends on what you like. Um, I also think Steve Cole is, is a great player. We lost a phenomenal player. Um, at a very young age, Art Porter Jr. 
I thought Art was a great player. He drowned over in an Asian country uh, back in 1996 at 35 years old. It was very, very sad. Um, and also one of my just all-time, and I'll tell you, again, when I think of you as one, one of the best, is the best contemporary jazz song I've ever heard by Everett Hart. And Everett, I just think he is, wow, just a ph- phenomenal. And when I say phenomenal player, and I'm not just talking about somebody who's able to play a bunch of chops and that kind of thing, but he's got a lot of feeling in what he's doing, a lot of feel. Um, and uh, I know I haven't mentioned any female saxophone players, but there are some great ones. Candy Delfer comes to mind. I think she's really and one of the young player, one of the young female players. Oh, Jasmine Gent. Oh, if you have not heard her, J A Z M I N. I believe how she spells her first name, and the last name is, I believe it's G H E N T. But even if you misspell it in Google, it's going to come up. Oh wow, she is. Dynamite, dynamite. Um, Eric Marienthal. I mean, there's some. I mean, George Howard. We lost George in his 40s back in 1998. Warren Hill, Najee, um, Ronnie Laws, young player Eric Darius. Um, Michael Brecker was a phenomenal jazz fusion player um, died back in 2007. Um, Bob Menser, um, Jeff Koshua. I met Jeff uh, at the Elkhart Jazz Festival years ago. It was probably 2010, maybe 11, somewhere around there, 2009. Um, great player, phenomenal player. Um, Will Donato, um, uh, just some some really really great players out there. Um, if you have one that you that you like, you know, drop me a message in the chat. Again, it's six six one four six seven two four zero seven, or you can call in and talk about maybe your favorite player, maybe. Um, your favorite style of jazz. Do you have a favorite style that you prefer? Some people do like listening to, um, obviously, people like listening to various styles of jazz. I pretty much love listening to contemporary jazz, which is why you are hearing it on my station. Um, and I, I, I get into the vocal thing as well, you know, uh, people like Will Downing, uh, great singer, Avery Sunshine. Um, I got a song that I play from Lori Williams. She's a phenomenal singer. And I just discovered her, I think, last year. And uh, there's just a lot of great artists out there. And fortunately, the Internet gives us the opportunity to listen and see some of these people without, um, you know, before the before the internet, you were very limited in what you could be, what you could access. You could only really access music through um, radio stations, and they only played the stuff that was being 
promoted by the record companies. As an independent artist, you know, it was very difficult for you to get on the air because radio stations were only accepting music from the record labels. I mean, it was, they just, it was, it's really kind of, it was really a bad thing because there's so many talented artists that did not get a chance, you know, even back in the day to get on the radio or, or be seen on television because they had limited access and they didn't have a record deal. Now you can record an album in your home. You know, basically all you need is a computer, an interface to connect the computer to your microphone, your voice, your instrument, or whatever. You can record an entire album in your house. So, um, and then, of course, you can, you know, upload the music to YouTube. And, you know, once you have signed up with a distribution website like mine is cdbaby.com, Com, and there's a bunch of other sites out there as well, but um, I use CD Baby. I'm going to be using another company here on the new single, but they do distribution for you, basically, and they'll put it up on Spotify and all of the other digital download websites for you. And, of course, it's up to you to promote it, but it's much easier to promote something now by going on Facebook, which is, you know, free. And uh, you can you can do Facebook ads, uh, Google, um, excuse me, YouTube, YouTube ads, and you can of course upload the song onto YouTube. And if people hear it there, you tell your friends to go listen to it there. I mean, you're just like your own record label, which just was not possible before, unless you had a bunch of money that you could spend and and try to become a label, which was very very difficult. So fortunately, like I said, we have the internet as a a um, great wealth of knowledge and information to distribute music and be heard. I mean, you look at TikTok and some of these other social media platforms; it's unbelievable where how people are being discovered. I mean, I remember watching a TikTok video, and this one young lady, phenomenal voice, great song. I believe she wrote the song, and they showed her. Um, how when she started, I think it was a year, they showed the progress, I think it was a year after she released the song, and it went to like, a, you know, stages of 200,000 200, downloads, 400,000 downloads, 500,000, a million downloads, 2 million downloads, I mean, just within like a year. It was unbelievable. But understand the Internet is accessing the world. We no longer have... Uh, to we, we can we can access the world. We don't we're not we're not limited to just you know the city, the state, the the not the, the United States. You know the city and state where you live. You're 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 if you get into the right place, you're being heard by people all over the world on every continent. You know everything. The internet is everywhere. So um, I still see downloads from various countries like Japan and Germany and such. When my album came out with uh, uh, Atlantic Records, that album was distributed you know, internationally. So we got some airplay overseas, um, uh, got some airplay in, uh, in Europe, 
and it was it was, it was cool. I've yet to get over there and play, but there is a club that I want to go over there and uh, perform. And I'm hoping this next single is going to be my launch to um, getting out of the country. I've been out of the country a couple of times. I've been to uh, St. Lucia to perform there. I've been to the Bahamas. Um, but I've never been over to Europe to perform, and I think it would be pretty cool. Um, but again, if you want to get in on the air, it's 661-467-2407. This is the Tim Cunningham Jazz Chat. I am here every Tuesday between 6 and 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is 5 to 7 Central and 4 to 6 on the West Coast. Um, let's play another, um, play a tune here that was actually done by Will Downing, and I did an instrumental version of this song, and it is entitled Eternal Love. You are listening to CRS Radio Network. We are the Knowledge Station.
CRS Radio, the Knowledge Station, with Tim Cunningham on the Jazz Chat.
dollars of love is a gift um, from my um, reflection CD. You can find that on the net. Go to my website, timcunningham.com. Facebook page is Tim Cunningham Music. Hope you're enjoying the music tonight. Um, once again, I want to mention uh, next week we got a, a special guest scheduled to be here. Her name is Sophia Stewart, and if you don't know the story, it's a good one. It's an interesting story, probably something that uh, should probably turn to it like a, a documentary if it's not already. I haven't found anything, but I do know that she has a book out um, with regard to um, a movie script that she wrote, um, and uh, she was able to uh, process her um, legal fight through the court system, and she actually won $3.5 billion. And she's got a book out about the uh, about the uh, story. She basically wrote um, uh, something called The Matrix, uh, The Third Eye, The Third Eye, um, it's called The Matrix, and The Terminator movies. Um, and I'll read a little bit of the facts, which you can pull up on the Internet yourself, uh, on September 25th, 2014, with the help of the FBI, I won my copyright case against the defendants, Gail Ann Hurd, James Cameron, the Wachowskis, Warner Brothers, Paramount Pictures, um, for the theft of my book and script, The Third Eye, which were proven to have become The Matrix and The Terminator movies. This is huge, folks. This is billions of dollars. Um, and lesson to be learned here, again, as I mentioned before, to copyright, copyright, copyright your stuff because can and will be stolen. Um, I'll read on from uh, from what, what I'm reading here. Um, as a result of all the evidence, the judge ruled that, the bo- that both franchises belong to her as all the as all the evidence I'm sorry uh, as a result of all the evidence the judge ruled that both franchises belong to her as the sole copyright owner that is huge sole copyright owner the Utah courtroom was full of media of journalists but no media reported this this win um, she said to let me make this clear to the world that the defendants were found guilty but never prosecuted and still continues to use her work producing film after film um, on December 11, 2018, she filed a RICO, R-I-C-O, Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organization Civil Rights and Declaratory Judgment Complaint for damages and, and equitable relief against all of the same defendants to, for the continued use of her work for fraud, racketeering, etc. The defendants, however, submitted fraudulent documents and submitted after the legal deadline. The case has been defaulted since March, I'm sorry, yeah, March fifth, twenty nineteen. She is now awaiting on. She is now awaiting on a replacement new judge to sign motion for default. If the judges sign off on the default, this fraud, they are going to jail with lawyers and other case fixers. So this <laughs> this is still going on, folks. This this deal with uh, this lawsuit uh, is still going on. Uh, she won back in two thousand. 13, I believe, $3.1 billion um, in liens um, 
for the movies, The Matrix, and the Terminator series. Um, again, if you've got a great idea, make sure to copyright it because people will steal it. I'm, I'm, they will steal your stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, just just imagine if she had not pursued this in court, how much money that she would have lost. So, again, she is scheduled to be here next Tuesday on my show from 6 to 8 p.m. Hopefully you get a chance to join us. Again, it's Sophia Stewart. Look her up on the Internet. Very interesting story. And she does have a book out that was done in 2018. And you can purchase it online on Amazon. Uh, I've got to take it out here a little early today so we can get Bill tapping on to his show. Um, he's coming up. Billy and Friends is coming up at in the next hour. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's Billy. I believe Tuesday nights is Billy and Billy. So um, I want to uh, step aside and make sure that they can get in to the studio and give you their uh, and put their show on tonight. Um, oh, wow. Uh, again, in the future, if you want to call into the show at 661-467-2407, would love to hear from you, your take on uh, the show. Um the music that that you're listening to. Um, and I want to hear about some of your favorite saxophone players and what kind of styles that you like to listen to. Um, again, I'm more of a contemporary style um, saxophone player, and that is the stuff that I also enjoy listening to. Um, my new album, well, my new, I'm sorry, my new album came out in the fall last year. It was called Freedom. The um, the uh, first single, Enough Said, the remix is coming out next month. Okay? This is Tim Cunningham in the Jazz Chat. I'm going to take you out of here with a tune by Darren Stewart. It's called Naima's Dance. I'll be back next Tuesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 Central four to six on the West Coast. This is the Jazz Chat with saxophonist Tim Cunningham. You're listening to the CRS Radio Network. We are the Knowledge Station.
Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.